welcome to this Meetings Today podcast. I'm Tyler Davidson, Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. And joining us today is a 20-plus year association industry veteran, Kiki Latalian, uh, who she leads association chat community, uh, very present and connected um, as a thought leader in the meetings industry, one of our 2022 meetings trendsetters, the second time she's won that designation, and also uh, a uh, a senior um, consultant um, for Tecker International. Thanks for joining us, Kiki. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be talking with you today about ASA Annual. Ooh, I can't wait to talk about it. I know. That's like the Super Bowl for you or something, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's the Super Bowl that was on hiatus for like three years. So this was a big one. This was a huge thing in the association community getting together. And and how would it how would it play out? Who would be there? What would the vibe be? And I mean, it was it was really interesting to see how it all unfolded. What were what were some of your top uh, level observations from the show? Well, you know, I, I have to say that I was a little, I, I wasn't sure what I was going to see when I got there as far as how comfortable people felt meeting in person and, and how they felt, you know, about if they would be talking about the same things that they did in the hallways, you know, from three years ago, like, like, would it be the same? Right. And mm-hmm. And the, the funny thing is, is that, oh, we're so reliably human. I, you know, we all got together, we're walking through the halls and it, it was as if it, we were, everyone you know, happened to be old classmates and they all came together. Yeah. It was like a class reunion, but it was like 5,000, you know, members of your, yeah. of your, of your class. Right. And it was just lots and lots of hugging, lots and lots of catching up. People, the the mood was overall very, very positive. And I mean, I think that I, I was caught up in it too. I felt the energy too. Um, some of the things that I think I heard that were exceptional that made this year different Um one of the things that I thought was extremely exciting was about the expo hall. Um, You know, it's kind of the popular thing for people to complain about not getting enough traffic and and that sort of thing in the expo hall. But I remember hearing from a friend of mine who was an exhibitor and there was like this private back channel chat and he said, Oh my gosh, we're so slammed. There's so many people that are coming by. I've never seen it like it. It's great. And he's also an association podcaster. He couldn't even make it to the association podcaster meetup on the show floor because he had so many people that were coming over to his his booth. Mm-hmm. Um, he couldn't even break away. And I mean, that was kind of the the feel of things the whole time we were there. And so, you know, people were excited. That's that's the overall vibe. Yeah, I mean, I I felt like it's like uh, nothing had changed. I mean, it just seems like it's like riding the uh, proverbial bicycle, right? I mean, <laughs> you know, you're I mean, you know, the the real chance to really sit down and talk with people is say at like the lunch and around the table, and 
everybody was just getting on with business, it seemed like, and moving forward. And mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of pessimism at all. And people were just like, okay, we're, we're back doing this thing, right? Yeah, it was it was really nice. And I think that the way that they, I think that the way staying on the expo hall floor um, format for, for a second, I think that the way ASE set it up was really interesting and smart. And I think mm-hmm. that they should do this again, because obviously it worked. Um, they had, you know, when they had uh, lunch and everything in there, they spread out the food stations yeah. throughout the hall. Um, and you know, of course, the word was on the street, like, go, you know, you definitely want to try the, the meatloaf. It's over there. Yeah, but, right. know. And so so everybody's telling you where you should try. But eventually, you know, you kind of work your way around. And I think that um, that was a real smart way to do it. They had education that mm-hmm. was happening around the edges. Now, you couldn't always hear the education pieces of it very clearly if you were sitting too far back um i tried to sit in on a couple of them uh you had to get pretty close especially if it was right during the the rush of exhibit hall is open and people are eating and all of that stuff but um but it was a really great idea and it was fun uh to be able to kind of walk around the edges and have different little vignettes and and areas and things that you could do. Um, so I thought that it was, it was set up in a, in a very smart way. Yeah, I thought so too. I thought Nashville did a great job and, and I was going to mention the, the food on the exhibit hall floor was fantastic. It actually Um, really was. I was, I was delighted. (laughs) Yeah. I found my secret was I hit the meatloaf station at the end, the very back near the end. And I got like the double serving. So (laughs) I was, I, I, I should have known your, t- I should talk to you first, you know, <laughs> I got, I got clued in though. I, I talked to people and then I was like, okay, so where do I need to hit first? They're like the meatloaf. You definitely yeah. want to go to the meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. That was great. Um, besides the food though, I mean, you're, you know, like we said, they call this, you know, the Super Bowl of, of uh, association uh, segment. And, you know, of course, this is probably the highlight on your calendar every year. You're, of course, with the association chat, you're you're talking to people before, during, and after the show. What were you hearing leading up to it? And I know, you know, one interesting aspect was the COVID protocols they had mm-hmm. and, and having to take the home test uh, within 48 hours, which I did and passed, uh, which was great. Um, but, I mean, what, what were people saying about that aspect of it? And then sort of uh, on that topic uh, throughout the event. Yeah, it was kind of a controversial move, to be honest. You know, um, they they had a stricter protocol for where we are um, in the process of things. You know, um, I don't think it was necessarily the strictest protocol if you look back in time, but certainly for like right now when a lot, when the CDC has eased up on a lot of different rules and everything, we no longer have to wear our masks on airplanes and things like that. Um, it was interesting because we we were asked to use uh, Clear Health, which Clear, if people are familiar with Clear, using it through the airports and everything, they're also the the company that's behind Clear Health, which is what ASAE used um, for uploading our tests, 
right? And so they asked us to, and, and you could take a home test and you just had to show that you were negative before you went, right? And mm -hmm. it had to be within 48 hours, I believe. Yep. And so um, they sent it out and the, the, the feedback that I saw, not a huge number of people that I saw online and in different places, but some, you know, were kind of fighting back. One person said, I wouldn't have, you know, this was kind of dramatic. I wouldn't have um, gone. I, I wouldn't be going if I'd known that you were going to ask me to provide this. You should have told us this up front. Um, and that was kind of a, a pretty big statement, I thought. But there was some pushback, like, why? Why are you doing this? And, you know, why are you as asking for us to provide more than what, you know, others see as industry standard. Um, I know when we went to the press conference, you know, Michelle answered the question about, you know, why that was, uh, you asked, you asked such a good question, Tyler, about that. And, um, you know, she was like, we were following you know, industry standards. We looked at what a lot of different, um, a lot of different meetings were doing, organizations were doing with their annual meetings. But I know Reggie Henry was actually proud of the fact that they were taking a safe approach mm -hmm. to doing this because I know that he, um, I had run into him at the Mid-Atlantic Society of Association Executives uh, conference that they had had. And he talked a little bit about that they were going to be doing this and, and shared the app with me at the time. And, um, you know, they were looking at it. I think that they wanted to be safer because they know that there is a big, you know, component of the association industry that are calling for more safeguards. And in fact, another side of this controversy is that there are people who say, okay, ASA, you didn't do enough to keep us safe. You know, there should have been, um, you know, uh, uh, the default should be that people should have been masked. Is right, and social distancing said. and all that. Uh, right. I right. mean, I just, I really didn't notice hardly, it was very much the exception, people wearing masks. And then oh, sure. Nashville is such an entertainment town and, and bars and music and, you know, so you could be, uh, you know, very protocol conscious at the show, but then you, of course, you want to go down to Broadway and see some music and oh, sure. there you well, go. You're in a room full of people and I you're coming back. Yeah. I mean, you know, and people were so thrilled to come together. I saw, I, I tried to go to as much as I possibly could and um, a wonderful group of people. It's the Association Women uh, in Technology Champions, um, AWTC. They had a big, um, you know, reception on the night of a thousand receptions is what the yeah. nickname is, you know, and, and all these different groups have receptions. I went to it. And as soon as I walked upstairs, you know, every single person could have in fact been negative with COVID when they arrived at the registration yeah. desk on the first day, but going to these receptions and stuff, having so many people trapped in these rooms and everyone just hugging each other and maybe, maybe there's like 1% of the people who are wearing a mask in that room. Mm -hmm. It just, it was inevitable, right? There were, there were going to be people who, who would get COVID. I got COVID while I was there. I know. I was, was going to get to that because we talked about the whole thing. I know. And, and so, I mean, I, 
it's un- easy to understand why people would get frustrated with having a stricter requirement using something like Clear Health. But look at ASAE now. They can say, hey, we know that we required people to upload their tests, that they were negative when they came to our meeting. If they got COVID while they were there, you know, it's not because we didn't exercise um, a responsible measure um, and a duty of care. Now, I know that there are some people, friends of ours, that will be listening to this and saying, you know, did they exercise enough duty of care? But I would say that for the most part, a lot of people would look at this and say they did more than most, you know, and, um, and so I would, I would say that they should probably feel pretty good about the fact that they did have that requirement in place. And I, I may be wrong on this, but I think the last communication I got, because they send out alerts, was there maybe like, it, maybe I'm wrong, but it was like seven people they reported. I'm sure it's got to oh, be more Tyler. Tyler, that was Friday. Yeah, I yeah, know. Right. I, yeah. I, t- I tested positive on Saturday and several people I, I know did too. Um, yeah, it was seven as of the last as of the last notification, but I imagine yeah. that they've probably heard from a few more <laughs> since then. I know they heard from one more. Yeah, yeah. And I just wonder, I mean, uh, part of the protocols that um, I don't know if they could do a better job this way. But I mean, it's sort of um, up to people calling them up or contacting them and let, letting them know they're positive. Um, I mean, I don't know if there's any way around that, but yeah. it just didn't, didn't seem like uh, there was a lot of uh, ongoing communication to kind of uh, maybe uh, nudge people to, to do that if they in fact were. Well, that's actually a really great point because, you know, as we were covered on the way coming in, right, we knew that we were uploading these negative tests and that that we could assume that everyone, when we showed up at registration, at the re- registration desk, that unless, unless we had picked something up at the airport on the way in, which we could have, um, that we were probably showing up pretty healthy. Um, but it really wasn't clear what happens if I start to feel bad. They had an online, or not online, on-site COVID testing area where you could go and during the course of the the show, you could go and you could could be tested for COVID. And then if you were, if you tested positive, then the protocol there was that you were to immediately, immediately quarantine. But I thought it was strange that, you know, maybe there could have been more, you know, the through the Clear uh, Health app or pop up in the event app or something like that, or even a follow up email. Yeah. You know, how are you feeling? If a reminder, if you have any symptoms, come by here. There wasn't really a lot of that um, as far as reminders or checking in or a follow-up to see if anybody needed to report that they'd had um, a positive test come back. And so I think that, um, you know, if I had to make a recommendation, I would say that that'd probably be a good thing to try maybe next time. And if they really wanted to make sure that people had um, were healthy and had a good idea about what was happening even while they were at the the conference, maybe having a way that people could check in while they were there and to indicate if they had any symptoms or anything would be easy. Now, that said, when you're doing it in Nashville, an open bar starts at 10 a.m. in the yeah. conference center and you have a hangover center, you know, like yeah. a place right. where you can go pick up your 
your handy wipes and your your stuff for your hangover is it a hangover or is it a covid headache well you know it's kind of hard to tell so you know there's only so much you can do but there is and i think it may it may not be a popular opinion but i know moving forward i mean they did everything they could up front and at a certain point uh how comfortable are you with going out in public and being around people and, you know, looking back on my own participation, you know, maybe I should have came with an N95 mask and make sure to, you know, people are shaking hands. It's almost like people just need to be reminded in general um, that we're still not out of this thing, but it is up to the individual mostly, well, I think. You know, I heard from someone um you know, as, as each of us find out or share on social media that we're, that we have COVID, um, inevitably you're going to like communicate with other people. And so I heard from someone who like me, uh, came down with COVID after she got back and I had run into her at that, actually at that reception that I was telling you about. And, um, Patient zero, right? I know, right. <laughs> I don't think it was her. We were we were commiserating, and at the end of it, I said, well, with all that said, will I see you in Atlanta? Because that's where ASA Annual is next year. Will, will I see you in Atlanta next year? And she said, can I curse, Tyler? <laughs> she said, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh. so, so, you know, I mean, I, this was, I haven't had COVID until now that I know of. And, um, but I will say somebody said, do you think it was worth it? And I said, well, you know, barring that it is horrible, that that something bad happens, I die or something. Yeah, it kind of was, you know, like I came back and I had two pages that I wrote on the airplane of names, just of people that I had to follow up with, that I was going mm-hmm. to talk to afterwards, two pages. I had three different projects that had been discussed that were new things that didn't exist before I went there, you know, and I was totally motivated. I saw somebody else post on association chat. She was talking about how she came back. I asked the question, what'd you get? What was your big takeaway from ASA annual? And she said, for me, I came back with so much motivation and yeah. an idea about why I'm passionate about being in this industry. And I thought, my God, you know, that's pretty incredible. Um, but I can't say that I don't feel the same. I came back and you're going to see changes on association chat because I feel motivated. You know, I got inspired by what I saw. I got inspired by the people I talked to. And so if I can just make it through COVID, (laughs) then we'll see what happens. That's exactly how I feel. I mean, it's like recharges you. And I think we all get into whatever job you do and you're just like, you're doing the drudgery, the hard work. It's just nice to go and get around your colleagues and recharge yourself and all these ideas are flowing around. Mm -hmm. uh, There's nothing like it. There just really isn't. There just really isn't. I mean, and and it's not to say, you know, I know that sometimes we can be guilty of doing like a, so all, all in person is the only way to go. And I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that like, you know, clearly it's a beautiful thing when we mm-hmm. are able to convene and come together. And it was in evidence there in Nashville. And it was very, 
you know, it was a good reminder that as humans, there's something powerful when we meet. And, um, you know, before I get, before I wax poetic for too long, um, I do want to, to talk about the fact that, that that was another thing, you know, that we were meeting in Nashville was a big issue too, um, because... Yeah, I was going to, are we getting to like the socialimpact.com? Social offset. Social offset. Social offset. Okay, thank you. Social offset.com. Okay, so that's this initiative that I heard about when I got there. And I reached out to the organizers um, who are association leaders, um, volunteers for ASAE2, and just really amazing people on their own. Um, Go to socialhotset.com and find out more about the leadership behind it. Um, but they had some, they took issue with meeting in a place uh, like Tennessee that didn't align with their values, their social values. And so obviously the overturning of Roe Ro v. Wade, um, that hit a lot of people and continues to impact a lot of people in a great way. And not to get too political, but like that's been a real issue for a lot of associations trying to figure out if their membership's going to support them meeting in a place um, in a destination that uh, has conflict with some of the social values that that many of the members, you know, consider to be really important. Now we're coming out of a time when there were a lot of issues with holding meetings in person, so associations they've used up a lot of their reserves and in, in many cases they can't make the same types of dramatic decisions about pulling mm-hmm. out of a destination um, if they were even inclined to do so. And then there are other times when there are just simply, there are association executives, maybe at the highest level who it's their own personal social values that are in conflict, but for the rest of the organization, there isn't a problem. And so all of these things have come together and have made it kind of problematic for people to figure out, well, what's the right thing to do or, or how can I make things better? Um, so the people behind socialoffset.com decided that in order to sort of make things better, um, because they wanted to be there, they needed to be at ASA Annual, Um, they wanted to do a test. They wanted to create this thing that's sort of like carbon offsetting. They wanted to, if they're going to meet in a place where their dollars are going to go towards supporting a government in that state that, um, you know, it's not supporting their their social values, they wanted to identify a vetted charity or organization that they could donate the same, the, the percentage of dollars that each night of their hotel would go to the state or each each drink mm-hmm. that was purchased for them would go. They wanted to donate that amount to an organization that, um, that was supportive of their values. And so they raised over $3,500 while they were in Tennessee. And this was just a, this was a, a it was just like a test. They hadn't. Right. Nobody had heard of it until they showed up on site, right? And so by the end of it, they had raised over 3500 and they had two pledges from Salt Lake City and Seattle 
to help them build out the next phase of the concept and their their web pages. And so now they've formed this informal board of directors. Full disclosure, I'm involved in in this now because I reached out and I'm like, let me interview you. I want to find out what's going yeah. on. And now I've gotten involved. But um, just really cool because their argument is this, you know, it shows that boycotting um, they, research has shown that boycotting a destination doesn't have the impact that, you know, the political impact that you want it to have. It just really hurts the, the people who are working there in that location. And a lot of times that isn't really having, it's not politically doing anything um, to further your cause. So their argument is, well, what can we do that will help to support the organizations that are fighting fighting the mm -hmm. fight. And, and that's what that's about. And I, I think it's a really great initiative. I do. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how this grows and how the association community will embrace that. I mean, will this be something they offer on their registration page? It's, uh, I mean, you know? it's possible. And I asked them. And, and so the thing is, is they're, they're looking at ways that organizations can sign up. They can, they can vet, they can choose. And maybe it's not in this case, this was a pretty, this was a pretty dramatic, you know, it was um, 3500 for abortion care of Tennessee. Not everybody feels comfortable with that as that being the social, you know, social cause that they're supporting. Um, it doesn't have to be about reproductive rights, though. It could be for homeless. It could be for um, LGBTQ plus rights, you know. And so mm -hmm. it's upon uh, the onus and the consideration is upon the organizations that sign up to be a part of it destinations and the DMOs, um, you know, that I talk to, they like the idea because they want to keep having their meetings. They want to yeah. have it, you know, they want everybody to be working together. And so, yeah, you know, if individually there's an opportunity for somebody to be able to put some, some of their dollars to sort of offset their presence there to, to do what they need to do to support politically, you know, those social values that they care about, um, they think it's a good idea too, you know? And so, um, I, I sat in on a Smith, a session that was, uh, moderated by, uh, someone from Smith Buckland. And that was the big discussion was talking about, you know, what are some of the things that, that they're dealing with when it comes to, you know, trying to, uh, make things easier for right. event planners and organizations that want to be able to to host their meetings in these places. So it's, it's a it's serious a, issue. It's a very serious and a very sticky issue mm -hmm. that's just not going to go away. I mm -mm. mean, so well, I, it's... It, I was curious I, to see if ASAE was going to talk about it. Honestly, I went to the press conference. I was curious to see, you know, what was going on. But, you know... Um, Michelle Mason, who is the CEO there, executive director of, of ASAE, she has been super busy um, putting together, you know, these partnerships yeah. and her, I think her, I think when she started, she must have just gone into um, a little room somewhere that was dark and meditated and come up with the word collaboration. And that's become her big focus because she's done yeah. a lot of that since she became executive director. And I was just looking back over it and, you know, they were talking about the, 
the new partnership uh, agreement for uh, ASAE and the Association Societies Alliance. And, you know, they had announced that back first back in May, but they signed it, you know, while we were there um, in Nashville. And, um, you know, that's a huge deal too, because those collaborations, that's, they've kind of had a little bit of a competitive, um, relationship between the American Society of Association Executives and the members of the Association Societies Alliance, those SAEs in different regions, right? And, and what they've done is they've come together and now, uh, and they're talking about, you know, the power of associations. Now for advocacy efforts, that's going to mm-hmm. be so dramatic because now that they're working together on those things, you know, it's not just going to be ASAE says, it's going to be ASAE and the Association Societies Alliance. So that would be like, you know, Georgia Society of Association Executives and all of these other different regional. Mm-hmm. That's going to have a lot more power when they start looking at Capitol Hill. So that that's enormous. And then on top of it, it's going to make the parties that much more exciting when, you know, <laughs> there's a there's a big meeting happening in in, you know, uh the backyard of one of these uh societies, one of these SAEs and, you know, ASAE comes rolling into Atlanta, Georgia Society of Association Executives is going to be able to to really coordinate with them better and and do a phenomenal job. So Lots, lots to be happy about with that. Yeah, it's a very foundational thing, too. I can see where, you know, uh, Michelle is coming in as the new president and CEO uh, has really done a lot of work in shoring up some of the, the foundations, I guess, as it were. And, uh, you know, and then maybe uh, they can get to some of these other issues, too, after they, uh, they get going and uh, solidifying some of these things they've been working on. Oh, for sure. I mean, people have talked about them doing this for years. So I don't think it's a small thing. I mean, yeah, uh, you know, one might say, oh, well, that's been in, in play for a long time. Yeah, but it was never it was never delivered upon. Nobody ever actually did anything about it. So I think, you know, it was pretty it was pretty good. And I think her coming from, you know, coming from association forum, I, I yeah. think you know, she saw why that was something that needed to be done and yeah. and the potential behind it. So I think that that's probably why it was really high on her, her priority list. And I think that we're going to see a lot of really exciting things to come as a result of it. And she's also been collaborating with, um, or I say she, it's ASAE, <laughs> has been collaborating with um, the International Congress and Convention Association, right, um, to try to do more in that global association meetings community. And, um, you know, they announced their collaboration back in March of Mm -hmm. 2022. So we have that. We have the May announcement with ASA, the Association Societies Alliance. And now we see that they've revamped the Power of Associations uh, initiative. So... Everything's being set up pretty good. I heard, yeah. I heard differing opinions about whether or not there should have been a bolder move on, on the um, hosting it in Nashville. Um, up until the last night, I I heard both sides, and one person said, 
you know, and one person who represented a lot of different people um, said, I think that, that they should have done taken a bigger stand. Uh, I think that, that it wasn't enough. They should have said more about doing that because they were so against the bathroom bills and stuff when that happened. But then, you know, the people behind social offset, they said, well, look at who the final, you know, keynote was, the closing keynote. And, you know, they had a, a transgender singer who told, told his story um, from the stage. And I mean, told all of the story about decide, deciding to be who he was, really. And that was maybe even more dramatic is the argument, you know, like right. you have a whole room full of people. And I can tell you that I was sitting at a table where not everybody, you know, feels comfortable with that either. And um, you have a room full of people and then that's your closing keynote. And that was a very dramatic move. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I felt like it was brave for them to do that. I sat through the closing keynote and I thought that it was really good and um, powerful and I cried, you know. Um, but I thought that that was a powerful moment for them. And, and so I think that they made a stance in a different way. Yeah. Well, great. Wow. Well, if I didn't know it before, you're, you were the person to talk about when it comes to the association <laughs> Uh, but tell us, like, what's up with uh, Kiki? What are you up to uh, with um, with Tecker International? What do you do for them? What do they do? And then uh, what's, in, what's in store for association chat and uh, anything else you're working on moving forward? Oh, you're making sure that I get some attention to that. Thank you, know you Tyler. It. That's so nice. <laughs> I um, no Tecker International is always doing an amazing job with the strategic planning work that they do and governance training. Uh, working with boards and, you know, I get the, I have the good fortune of working with some amazing colleagues who are just the best and brightest in, in the industry. And so um, I count myself, you know, to be quite lucky to be able to learn from them on a regular basis. So with them, I'm, do, I'm working on digital strategy projects and then also board training and a little bit of strategic planning. Um, Glenn Tecker, who founded uh, Tecker International. We're still doing CEO symposiums uh, in collaboration with ASAE. And so um, all of that's still really good work. And as far as Kiki and Association Chat, Association Chat is continuing to, you know, we have our, our Facebook group that's very active and the podcast and I'm telling you, I've got some great stuff lined up for the podcast coming up, Tyler. We're going to have to okay. talk about some more because um, I have everything from digging in more into the social offset idea to talking about the metaverse and what it can mean for accessibility. I think you know where yeah. I'm going with that. And, um, and then so much more. There's just a lot that is coming up. So just onwards and upwards, right? Well, sounds good. Where, where can people check out Association Chat at? They need to go to associationchat.com and they need to sign up for my newsletter and they need to follow me on Twitter and all the socials. If they wanted to become a Patreon patron, they could go to patreon.com 
slash association chat, all one word. Wow, there are just so many ways to uh, show their allegiance <laughs> to Kiki Latalia. There are. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks for joining us. As always, it's great seeing you there. Uh, rest up. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know you're uh, you're kind of sequestered there, so uh, mm-hmm. heal up good and uh, you know, don't overexert yourself. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely, anytime. All right. And that was Kiki Latalian. Um, as I said, a 20 plus year association industry veteran also is the host of Association Chat, um, which is a community of association professionals, as well as a senior consultant for Tecker International, among many, many, many other things, any, many advisory boards, uh, different things she's up to. You COVID can't keep her down, that's for sure. Um, And I'm Tyler Davidson. I'm Vice President and Chief Content Director for Meetings Today. Thank you for joining us for this Meetings Today podcast. Uh, If you're interested in more of our podcasts, head on over to meetingstoday.com. Check out our podcast section where we have a number of interviews with thought leaders in the meetings and events industry. So thanks again for joining us. And um, whatever you're up to with the rest of the day, go out and make it a great one. Thanks. Thanks.